but with the families that I've spoken with, all of the parents that I've had a conversation with involving what they have experienced after losing their child, each one is different than the other one. So it's really, really unique. It's just really unique in that, in that regards. Welcome to the podcast, Share Your Story, Exploring Humanity One Heart at a Time. I am your host, Jenny Diltz, and I help people convert their grief into growth in their own way and in their own time. This is a podcast where we dive deeply into the stories that make us who we are and show us who we can become. Together, we share real-life experiences of growth through our grief. I can be found at grievingcoach.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss exclusive interviews and some of my own tidbits and insights on grief. The death of a child can be one of the most traumatic experiences one can face. And when a child dies, we not only grieve that person, we grieve their future and our identity. Um, that is the role that we have in our relationship with them. So this episode episode is dedicated to all of our little angels who have preceded us in our transitions into our next phase of life. Joining us this time is John Bogles, whose three-year-old son drowned in a pond. Because of his experience, he came into contact with others who were also navigating the tragedy of losing a child. As a result, he started the nonprofit organization Martyred Angels Foundation as a community resource support network for people whose children have died. One of the main sources of therapy they use in the foundation is equestrian therapy. And in this episode, we will learn more about John's journey and why horses are excellent therapists. John, thank you so much for your willingness to share your grief journey with us and how you now use that journey to support others in similar situations. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you for having me, first of all. Appreciate it. Can you tell us more about the Martyred Angels Foundation and how it got started? It was started, uh, as you had mentioned previously, after of Menomoy's three-year-old son, Bladen. Bladen, unfortunately, drowned in 2011. However, there was, um, I guess, a couple of different reasons why it started it. First and foremost, of course, we began to realize that there was a absence, there's a lacking in this sort of support for families that have lost a child. Mm-hmm. And we initially had, um, there was a program set up uh, in Boulder County that uh, focused on this, and we attended a few of their sessions. However, um, that program was uh, subsequently closed funds reallocated to a different department. And then after returning back to work, um, I guess this would be like part two of why, after returning back to work, came across other families that have lost, individuals that have lost a child, or they didn't have the support that my wife and I have, mm-hmm. but continue to have. Um, so they were battling drug addiction, alcohol addiction, homelessness, thoughts of suicide, unfortunately some, uh, found out that successfully committed suicide. Uh, so the statistics are pretty 
harming us to the grieving that takes place after the loss of a child. Mm-hmm. So I just I think there had to be something that we could do to help these families and start an organization. And that's why I started Mother Angels. Yeah. What has helped you the most in your grief journey? Um, I guess the support, um, you know, family, of course. But also the equestrian therapy is actually absolutely amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And how we have it set up and designed, is specifically designed for this type of loss. So it's this unique in how we have uh, developed this program. So that is the first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's that and um, building this organization seeing other families that are struggling. You know, of course, knowing that there are a lack of resources available to them. And there are some that are out there, don't get me wrong, there are organizations out there. Um, they have some that are meeting once or twice a month. That isn't what this is. Uh, this is an organization that I'm building, I'm working, have continuous daily support for families. And a free service to them, of course. They've already gone through enough. Um, mm-hmm. At expense, uh, I, I, I do not want them to have to have another expense on top of it. So, so that's the main focus. Um, what we're working on currently is uh, acquiring campgrounds. So I, I just recently acquired a land acquisition property manager. Expensive buyout. This guy's amazing. So we're working on doing land acquisition. Mm-hmm. Campgrounds are existing, existing campgrounds, preferably. But if not, then we can build a campground on it forward to now. That's awesome. So you mentioned that horse therapy is a big part of what you do. Um, yep. Tell us more about that. Um, what makes it so unique, um, as I mentioned before, is how we had developed this specific area. So the instructor that we have, the psychotherapist that we have, has done this amazing, amazing thing where she has taken her experience with psychotherapy as a therapist and has introduced it into the way that she has trained her horses. So the horses themselves also become therapist. So the horses, of course, will pick up on your emotions and how you're feeling. The healing part, it's, it's difficult to understand. I mean, I, I watch it happen. And it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. To explain it is another, it's mm-hmm. another story because it's really difficult to explain. Yeah. But what, what I can say is the first family that came on, when Kai and I had discussed how long we thought it would take before we would see or hear of any results, we had both agreed that would probably be four or five months um, before we would have any sort of um, feedback as to the results of this program. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the case. It was actually the first session. Well, the first session, the mother of this family reached out to me and uh, was just completely elated over 
how much the program did in just that one day. And I keep that, I keep everything private with the families uh, and I now as well. Um, but she had mentioned to me that her surviving child had never talked about her brother for several years since that, since the tragedy happened. Mm-hmm. But after this first session, he was starting to open up and talk about his, uh, about his little brother. And she said it was the most amazing thing. So it was the first session and Kai and I both could not believe what we were hearing. So it, it's, it's really, it's really impressive. It's, um, the program that I really want to see grow and become successful to help families that need this that need this resource. That's so amazing. So, what's your vision for the foundation going forward? The vision is, as I discussed, the campground. Um, what we're doing is we're going to incorporate the equestrian aspect into the campground. What we're trying to do is develop a, an equestrian campground. The vision going forward is to also implement the other programs that I have implemented into this organization. So not only do we have the horse therapy riding program, in which, by the way, just let people know when when they see me post stuff of uh, of, of my daughter Raven uh, jumping horses and doing uh, doing these really doing these English things. That isn't a requirement with the organization. <laughs> Whatever you're comfortable with, you know? so that was just, that was just a direction that she was following her mom's footsteps. My my wife used to be the uh, my wife was hunter jumper competitor in the state of Colorado years ago, extremely uh, uh-huh. successful. Um, so she followed in her mom's footsteps with that one. Nice. But, so there isn't a requirement. So it's just whatever you're comfortable with when it comes to sources, but. Um, we also have access to property west of Boulder. Uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, Bucky. Um, so, and, and you'll see it on the website. It's at the Paul Hummel Observatory. So, what we're doing is we're going to do the um, Bruce Park Group Camp. So, it'd be a private camp versus the public campground that I'm working on. So, this would be a private uh, camp session. Mm-hmm. So we'll do a group support group camp, the Paul Hummel Observatory, alongside what they're doing is the Veterans Retreat Program. And what our goal is to do is to also be able to reach out uh, to Gold Star families um, and just kind of bring everybody together, the families that have lost, Gold Star families, veterans, bring everybody together, primarily just to exchange stories and to have a better support group especially regarding uh, issues such as PTSD, which is related to mm-hmm. loss. So that, that's, the, that's the goal with that. Um, I also have access to a business in Boulder that's given us free access to their facility uh, for staff. We have private group meetings, uh, free group meetings. And then there's this motorcycle aspect to it. I don't know if, I don't know if you've seen that part to it or not. There's, there's Tell me about that one. I haven't heard much about that part. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is one I, I love telling the story. Um, both of my kids turned one. I would put them on the front seat of the motorcycle with me. 
and we would do circles in the cul-de-sac and go up and down the road. My kids just loved this motorcycle. So when I would come home from work, they would hear the bike, and they would either have their faces up against the glass door waiting, or they would be already out at the mailbox. And then they knew whoever was last, the last time is first this time, kind of, right? There was still still a little challenge, but, you know, it, it, it happened. But I remember coming home from work and I was really, really tired. And the kids were waiting to go for a ride. Um, and I pulled up in the garage and I never had a reason to lock my motorcycle in this garage. We had a very secure garage. So I pulled a bike in the garage and I parked it and kids wanted to go for a ride. And I said, I can't, you know, I needs to take a little break. I'd worked many hours, so I was just tired. Uh, it got it carbureted and you'll understand why in a second. Um, so I went in the house, I made something to eat, got something to drink, and went downstairs to almost sit down. But before before I could sit, I hear the starter engaging on the motorcycle. So I run upstairs and I open up the garage door and there was Bladen. He had climbed up the side of the motorcycle and he was paying attention to how I started the bike and I never noticed this. And it's two. So he climbed up the side of the motorcycle, was standing on the gas tanks and I have 18 inch fingers in the bike. So with one hand, he was grabbing the hold of the hand for the handlebar. He had the ignition switch turned on and he was hitting the skirt button because he wanted to go for a ride. So I'm like, wait, no. So I went out there to grab him. And as I'm going towards him, he's nailing that button, right? So it's it's engaging and grinding, engaging and grinding. So I grabbed him off. And ever since then, if I'm a foot away from the bike, I lock it up. But I can think of a better tribute. Um, it's include the, uh, the motorcycle aspect uh, to this as well. And uh, But that part of it is, um, you know, it's a fully patched uh, aspect of, of this foundation. Um, in essentially what you're doing, just writing in memory of those, you know, and also at the same time, by doing so, bringing awareness uh, more to the public uh, as to the impact uh, mm-hmm. sort of loss has, uh, and hopes, of course, um, gaining more support, gaining more uh, members, and becoming a more viable resource for families to go to. Yeah. So as a nonprofit, what support do you need to make this vision become a reality? Donations, of course, is in the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Uh, requires. Um, so there, and there's there's several others as well. I'm not a grant writer. That isn't that isn't my background. Um, mm-hmm. So I have no clue what I'm doing when it comes to grants. I'm not a marketer, so I'm, I'm you know, that, isn't, that isn't my background either. Um, Part of the reason why I came with the idea of the campground is um, my previous experience as a park ranger at Rocky for for a little bit of time, and then uh, you know, some time I spent with, uh, with the Forest Service. Um, and some other several years I spent in the state, but um, but it's it's through donations and also through volunteer with these other different areas that we have that need 
somebody that specializes in that area. So I do have a very good friend of mine, John Smith, that um, takes the public relations part. That's so good at what he does, what a talent. But mm -hmm. at the same time, we also need other aspects. Um, you know, if anybody can lend support to helping us be able to acquire uh, campgrounds or property uh, that we can put a campground on, extremely mm -hmm. helpful. Um, just getting the word out, you know, if you're a motorcycle rider, you want to become a, a member of that part of it, um, get on the website and go into the membership page and I'll show you what we have uh, as far as the uh, requirements and criteria. Um, mm -hmm. Just get involved. Just be yeah. involved. Just be involved. Uh, help, us, help us become successful. Because this is such a need. It's, it's, um, it's disheartening to see the lack of this resource mm -hmm. when it's just as much as many other um, you know, life experiences that we have. It's so many other, it's such a needed resource right now. And what and what we done and what we started and what we've uh, developed, it wasn't something that obviously I did overnight either. I started this in 2012. So I've been working on this for nine years. Yeah. So it isn't something that was an overnight thing and it still isn't. Uh, we're still extremely small, very limited resource. I have all these um, programs in place. I have all the support in place. We just need the property and the finances to do it with. Mm -hmm. It is key elements when it comes to this. Um, but the other programs, or I should say availability within the programs that we have, are uh, the veterinarian that we have is allowing internship through him. Mm -hmm. So that are going to school for the veterinary science, animal science, um, they do their volunteer hours and the internship through us, through him. So while they're getting the required uh, hours needed and internship hours needed and um, necessary items needed to uh, graduate and get the degree, yeah. help them, they can help us. There's also, when it comes to property, when we do get this campground, isn't it if I know we're going to, but when we do get this first campground, we also have the availability to have other internship programs come through, through like Forestry, Wildlife, Natural Resource, uh, also more leaning towards um, horticulture and, and arborists. Anything to do with natural resource, we can do an internship program as well through our property and staff that will allow them to also get their hours and their and their time and to also help them graduate. Mm -hmm. So both of us both of us can win on that as well. So we have we have so many different availabilities and options that the goal is for everybody just to help everybody, which is the mission anyways, right? So we've teamed with AMR to do a water safety program as well. We've also teamed with International Star Registry. So what we'd like to do is purchase a star in their child's name. We had that done for us as well. 
We've also teamed up with uh, Zach Clayton from Community Pay It Forward, which is another great uh, way to get involved. And we're going to do a uh, event with him in August, August 14th. Uh, oh God, what else? There's so many things. There's just so many things that we mm-hmm. have. So many um, uh, people coming on to support. We just need that uh, initial startup, that initial push to get this off the ground at, at a better success rate than obviously in the other town. Yeah. And, and get it going. And, and once, once, once it starts, there's no stopping it. It's, uh, it's just a, a needed resource everywhere. And that, that's what our goal is. So a big part of it is obtaining campgrounds. Are these all in Boulder area or are these all over the country? Our eventual goal is across the country. Um, uh-huh. We would like to begin uh, somewhere nearby here. That way it's easier to be involved with the planning, uh, the structure, the organizing of it. That way the planning idea that we have, uh, if it needs any adjustments, um, if there's uh, people have other ideas that we could put in, ideas that maybe aren't working that we could get rid of, it just gives us a better base plate, uh, plate and an easier access for us to be able to fully understand if this idea that I have can play out as it is or if it needs different changes made. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can go anywhere throughout the United States. Uh, as a the 51C3, we can set up anywhere in the common United States. Um, that's our goal. So yeah. we have... As I, as I told you earlier, we just got back from Wisconsin, so please bear with me. I'm extremely tired. We drove straight through from yesterday and got in early this morning. Uh, I just got the car back a few minutes ago, so so I'm uh, I'm just uh, just a little winded. Um, but we also, uh, while we were in Wisconsin, um, I did some research on some properties up there as well. Okay. And Wisconsin's where I'm from, so I have I have a lot of family, a lot of friends uh, up in that area that, that could provide uh, volunteer help as well. And it, and it's just it's just it's just so broad that uh, the level of resource that that is required for this um, and support just as our so that just isn't out there. So that's what we're doing. That's what that's what our goal is. Um, I have access to a campground house in my time at Rocky uh, with some friendships that I made up there. So I have, I have access to that resource. Mm-hmm. I could also come in and help, uh, help support the campground. Uh, it's just the list of resources that we have is, is incredible. We just, once again, we just need the property to start with, um, the property and the finances. So yeah. that's the biggest that's the biggest thing. I mean, once, once that starts, once it becomes available, it's, it's just going to be a great thing. It's just going to be wonderful to see families get the help with them. You mentioned um, having veteran families and new families, like a, a whole mix of people in their grieving journey. Yes. How have you seen that be helpful for people at every stage? Because it's just people helping people, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the main focus. That's 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 
that's what we're intended to do to begin with. But it's 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 that saying that unless you've experienced for yourself, it is really a matter of opinion and uh, of, of somebody else's of someone else's opinion as to as to what that experience is. So with veterans families that have, have lost a child in service, and then those that have lost a child outside of services and the child losing a child, it doesn't matter as to how that loss happened, right? So it's just um it's just a mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. I left my book from, from a long long time history of veterans, uh, combat in peace time. Majority of my friends are veterans, so that's where that all plays in. It's just the understanding that this loss isn't separate from this loss. It's it's the loss is just as genuine, regardless. And it's getting a bigger support group organized and founded and put together, to where there's a more broader scope of availability and resources for these families. So instead of having something extremely narrow to just a specific group, we've broadened it to Mm -hmm. a much uh, bigger and greater span of resources for these families to have. Yeah. And it also allows us to have more availability as discussed before with some, some uh, some organizations once or twice a month they have their meetings. Which don't get me wrong, it's helpful. Anything is helpful. However, with this, we want to be able to have that availability around the clock, seven days a week. Because this type of loss, uh, the level of grief that is involved, and then how you manage that level of grief can come at any certain time. Mm-hmm. So, whether it's in the morning, or late at night. So, if there isn't any, any any place for them to reach out to, anybody for them to reach out to, it becomes kind of a scary road for those several hours or days. So that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're trying to accomplish is um, have a constant resource and revenue and place uh, for these families to go. That's the that's the focus, that's the mission. So the mission is just to help families after the tragic death of a child. What age are the children? Is it young children, older children, um, fully grown as children? As, um, as far as, uh, is there an age limit as far as uh, to the loss, to the child loss or um, no, you know, at, at first I, I was given this question as well. And when I was uh, applying for a 501c3, that was also asked of me. And that was a question I never, I never took into consideration, of course. Um, but I, I don't think, once again, that matters either. Because I don't think it matters how old the child is. Child loss, child loss. Yeah. I think the grieving is just the same. It doesn't matter if the child is, is three, like our, like our son, uh, six months, um, 
newborn to 50. You know, I, I, don't, I don't really think it makes a difference. I just, you know, my child is losing a child and grief is just the same. What's the number one counsel you would give to a family who just experienced a child's death? There's no time limit. There's no time limit. Um, there's no time limit because there is no time, right? Mm-hmm. So take your time to just um, understand what has just happened. You know, but you still have struggles with that, and it's been several years now, you know? Yeah. Just, just take your time. Um, if you have no support, please reach out to us. Please reach out to us. Um, because we, we are there. So, but um, just take the time. Don't feel as though that you have to push anything. Don't feel as though you have any requirements. Um, take your time because truth, once again, grief has no time limit. It's kind of grief, it's a lifetime. Mm-hmm. It isn't something that you have to rush. And also understand this is something that. I've mentioned before, and some people have a hard time understanding this, which is fine. You know, which is God bless them because I would, if they haven't experienced it, I hope they never do. But um, the understanding that each day will be worse than the day before is something to understand as well. So, knowing that today. Today is going to be a better day than tomorrow. And I know that sounds uh, really depressing, and, and, but that is a fact. So, and without any support, without any help, without any resources, it's severe. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to navigate through. Um, so I just, I, I just really hope, I just really hope and pray that they are. Uh, um, that if they do have support, if they do have someone there, take their time to just process what happened. And then please reach out. That's such a key, key thing. Just to reach out and don't be ashamed. Don't be, um, don't have any of these doubts because we definitely understand so please reach out. We would, we would love to. We would love to be able to be with them, support them, and help them be involved with what we have, and help them for each day, knowing that tomorrow is going to be a possibility. Mm-hmm. That's another possibility. So that's what we're here for. And I would add, um, knowing that the journey right now is going to look different than the journey going forward like our grief right now is going to be different than our grief five years from now one year from now six months from now and and years and years from now like our grief journey changes as we change absolutely absolutely and there is that that expression that um that you learn to live with this loss and that is true Um, you do you do eventually begin to 
become stronger to take on the next day that, that that's going to come up. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole key element as well. And every family that I've spoken with, I can't speak for all of them. You know, I haven't spoken with all of them. But, um, but with the families that I've spoken with, all of the parents that I've had a conversation with um, involving what they have experienced after losing their child, each one is different than the other one. So it's really, really unique. It's just really unique in that, in that regards. So there was, there was, um, and once again, I, 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 privacy is the utmost um, respect that I give all families. So I don't, I don't involve any, any family's names or laws or I just don't. It's private. Mm -hmm. I keep it that way. But there was um, a mother that I had spoken with where there was butterflies that were connected to her loss. And then butterflies would fly around her after the loss. It, it's, it's, I, I can't go into great detail about it, but um, but because of that connection, that's what um, that's what kind of I guess brought a whole new light to her as well. Um, and my situation was way different uh, than everybody's is that, I, like I said, I've spoken with the parents I've spoken with have had something very unique happen to them uh, after the loss of a child. For me, it was um, the night that Bladen passed. Um, before we, we moved into where we're at now, um, I used to sleep in this back room when my wife was away in my place, uh, place for the airlines. Um, so we would stay here with the kids uh, to kind of help. My mother would watch the kids while I was at work. Um, but the night that Bladen passed, back in that bedroom. And I was laying there, and there was always a light on in the kitchen. So that, um, I guess the hue from the light would come down the hallway, it would enter into the doorway to that bedroom. So there was some sort of light that would come in. Mm -hmm. So I'm laying in the bedroom. Uh, and of course, I couldn't sleep, but I mean, Days, but um, I was laying there in the dark or laying there in the, in the bedroom, and uh, I'm staring at the ceiling, trying to process everything. But then it just got dark, dark, really dark. Um, Went to where I couldn't see my hands, um, I'm bringing my hands up to my face and touching my face. Um, I'm thinking, that's this is for sure. I just uh, I snapped, you know, I, I, I didn't know what was going on. It's really dark, touching my face, trying to figure what's going on. Nothing, this light came up, and it isn't like a white light, uh, like a dingy, I don't know, back of it. It's gonna go back and back in time a little bit. 
mm-hmm. back in the day in rooms um, where smoking was prevalent. So anybody that had these uh, white walls on their room, in their room that uh, smoked in there extensively, uh, there was this that tobacco dingy yellowish, you know what I mean? That that kind of color. Yeah. It had, it had that tint to it. But just this glow came in. Um, and then there was a sound of, of horns, but it was multiple. Um, I can't see what they were, of course. Uh, I don't know. But, but there was multiple horns, and it was just blowing one note. They were just blowing one note, but it was continuous. And it just kept going on and on. And I thought, oh my God, it's going to get daylight, and it's just still going. I mean, it just went on. It just seemed like for eternity. And then as I'm laying there experiencing this, and of course, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just laying still because I, I have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, those horns were gone. And all of a sudden, that glow was gone. And all of a sudden, that light was coming back into the hallway again, leading into that bedroom. And of course, I just stayed in that spot until the sun came up because I, I had no idea what just happened. So, uh, but you know, I had people tell me, you know, that was, uh, you know, it's God saying that Layton's okay. And then, you know, and I can't, um, I can't tell you one way or the other because once again, I believe in, unless you experience it for yourself, it, it is uh, on, um, somebody else's opinion of, of their experience. So, so I, I can't tell you that that's for sure, but, uh, but I tell you what, it, it, um, it brought in a whole new belief, I should say a stronger belief for me after I processed that first, because that, that took some time as well. So, yeah. but that, uh, that brought a whole new, whole new belief, stronger belief in, in that experience. And, um, yeah, I do. I believe. I definitely believe. But um, that doesn't lessen the grief. Um, right. The, the, the pain and the struggle and challenges are still there on a continuously daily basis. So that's um, that's why that once again that's what uh, that's what started the Martyr Angels Foundation and. And the name, let me uh, <laughs> tell you a little bit about the name, too, because uh, sure. you know, it's, everything has this uh, weird twist of circle to it, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. So many years ago, um, myself and, and a couple of close friends had uh, started this band, and the guitarist... Um, one of the most incredibly talented guitar players you've ever heard in your life. Man, this guy is just so amazing. Um, I hope I can say names. Steve Misky is his name. Uh, ended up becoming Steve St. James, which is another band that uh, that we were in together. Um, he came up with the name Martyred Angels for the band. And I remember him stating that the word martyred has such a different description than what people associate it with. Um, most people associate the word martyr with um, some sort of terrorist activity or, or something related to that. Mm-hmm. 
However, the actual description is to die for what you believe in, um, essentially. Mm -hmm. So when I was uh, trying to think of a name, that's, that's what came to my mind was um, when Steve had mentioned that I believe when a child when a child dies when a child passes, they do they pass doing what they truly believe in. It's just being a child. So that's why um, when I thought about that, uh, I called up Steve. Um, Jeff Cohn was a drummer at the time, um, so I called him up and I asked for if it would be okay. And I had their, uh, of course, approval. Mm -hmm. And then it just took off. And um, to this day, I, I think that was uh, just the best name for this organization. I, I can't see it being called anything else. It just it doesn't just focus down to just uh, our loss. It uh, focuses on such the broad scope of all the other families that have lost as well. Yeah, that's amazing. I've always wondered why why it had the name of Martyred Angels. I knew, I knew that a lot of people believe that when children die, they gain their angel wings. Yeah. Um, and so that part was clear, but I didn't understand the martyred part. So thank you for explaining that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do get that question a lot. I imagine so. Because of that association that, uh -huh. um, I guess I could use that stereotype, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it, but that isn't the case. I mean, the actual, the actual definition in there uh, is a belief. So mm -hmm. to die in your belief, and, and I do truly believe that whatever happens to a child, they, they they do pass away doing what they truly believe in, and that's just being a child. Yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. Is there anything else you'd like to add uh, to share with us? Well, there's, <laughs> there's always something. <laughs> your statement. Gonna, <laughs> gonna, gonna think about it until after we're done. You know, that's the problem. That's like, oh my God, I should, why didn't I say that? You know, it, it always happens. There's always something I leave out. Um, so, no, just, um, you know, I'm just hoping that people will. Um, get on our website. Um, is it okay if I tell the website? Um, yes, 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 absolutely. Okay. Uh, if people just get to the website, of course, it's www.martyredangelsfoundation.org. And just go to the reason page. That'll tell you the story behind what happened. You know, it's easier for me to have people read the story because it's just difficult for me to keep uh, to just keep repeating it. But um, mm -hmm. if you go to the recent page, you'll see the story behind what happened. Yeah. And after that, just choose the website. Um, we're also teamed up with Bacchus and Shanker Cares Foundation, Free uh, Eye Law, um, who, by the way, I have to give such a big, big shout out to. Um, and this is the reason why for them, not only are they the ones responsible for this organization becoming a 501c3 nonprofit, Daryl, it, it, it originally 
the firm consisted of Daryl Fun, Chung Lei, and Kate Lindstrom when I had met them anyways. Um, and then of course they had other uh, employees, but these were the main three that, that I had uh, had my discussions with. Daryl Fun is now the accepted uh, job a few, a few years back um, as an administrative law judge in Georgia. But Chung Lei and Kate Lindstrom are still uh, very much involved uh, with this foundation, but they were the ones to get this to become a 501c3 and they have had so much support and just believing in, in, in what we're doing in this organization. Uh, that is just, it's just amazing mm-hmm. what they do and, and what they continue to do. So I really have to give them a big shout out. Um, but please get to the website and check out our social media accounts on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, what else, Twitter, uh, a bunch. We're, we're on a lot of different platforms. Um, yeah. And just see what we're doing and see what we're trying to do. Uh, get involved. Become a volunteer. Want to be a volunteer? There's a volunteer page. There's a, a contact information, email address. Um, I can't remember if I put the phone number in there or not. If it isn't, I can put that in as well. And also, another shout out. Got to give a shout out to this guy. Um, very, very blessed man, Pablo Warholo. Warholo, he's, he's absolutely incredible. He's the one that, that does all of our website management design, and he does it on a volunteer basis. So I, I have to give him just a huge, huge shout. Yeah. But if you get on the website, um, there's donate buttons on there. There's a PayPal donate, Amazon donate button. There's the address. If you choose not to go that route, and you just want to send a check or money order, Post office box of the foundation is on, and you can send a check to um, volunteer page, internship page. There's all sorts of things to, to just kind of cruise to the site and check out. And please reach out. We're really excited to take this next step involving campground, equestrian campground. That's our primary focus mm-hmm. currently outside of, of course. Um, the therapy programs that we have working uh, with the families, you know, as, and as many businesses and, and organizations um, have experienced over the past uh, year and a half with uh, with COVID, yeah, finances are finances are are dwindling, so we could really really use their help, and if, if funding isn't one, uh, if they have a specialty in another area. Uh, as we discussed with um, marketing areas or, or any other kind of um, areas that they specialize in that would uh, in some way benefit us and them, please, please reach out. Let's, let's talk. Let's have a meeting. Let's get this going. There's, there's so many families right now that need this resource. So the sooner we can get this, get this a success, the sooner we can get these families the resources and help that they need as soon as we can get everybody together to help everybody. And that's, that's once again, the main. Yeah. Right. It's all of us supporting each other. And that's, Mm -hmm. that is such a key thing. So if you are a family whose child has gained their wings, how do they access the webpage the same way? Like how do they connect Mm -hmm. with the community? Same way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's say go through, um, 
Facebook page, go through Twitter, go, go through any of those pages, Instagram, all of the contact information will be in there. So just reach out. You can uh, either send an email, a phone call, and as we know, living in the area that we live in, yes. phone service isn't always connected all the time. So if, <laughs> if the phone isn't answered, please don't hesitate to leave a message and uh, we'll get back to you ASAP um, as soon as we get back in service. So yeah no yeah we'll get back to you right away and get you get you to, into the program yeah. yeah and how long is the camp the camp program the private camp program mm -hmm. that's um we're leaving that we're leaving that open it depends on funding oh, okay um, so if we have enough funds um the camp will be longer uh, and of course, there's the availability of the parents as well. So you know, if they can, if they can, as much time off that they can get, and as much time off as they want to take, I want that to be available for them to choose. Mm -hmm. So if they if they want to just do a weekend, they can do a weekend. If they want to do a week, they can do a week. Um, if they want to do two weeks, they can do two weeks. I, I want I want to leave it up to them because it's their grief. I just want our resource to be available for them. Yeah. The amount of time they need. So is it possible to do like one like one day a week? Or is it a multi multiple day camp? No, we could do one day. We could do two days. Um, you know, once again, it all depends on funding. Mm -hmm. uh, that that's at the camp we pay we pay to have our program there. Okay. So that's why we're also working on the uh, campground, the equestrian campground. With the campground, we'll do the campground will be a continuous resource, funding resource for, um, excuse me, for the operating costs and the programs for the foundation. And I have it set up really unique, and they'll they'll have a better idea once we get this campground property and once we get the equestrian set up the park set up to it this is going to be a very very unique campground because it's going to be a campground for the public as well as individuals and families that uh, are going through the foundation right that are registered with the organization yeah so we want it open to the public for the public to come in and have a place to camp and also have them have hands-on experience with horses to better understand the effectiveness and therapy that these animals have to offer. Mm -hmm. So with that, we're hoping by doing that, they'll gain more support and more understanding and more people to be more willing to donate or get involved yeah organization right but also the campground is um what makes this campground idea so unique is that it's also a tax credit for those staying so it's a campground where you come to stay and for that stay you can 
you can turn that in for your taxes and have it as a tax return. So you get you get paid back for staying at the campground. Nice. Yeah. It's 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 in depth. I wish I could I, I wish I could be more uh, explain it in better detail. I just I'm, I'm not a public speaker either. But. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> no, you gave like a, enough of a general idea so that I know what's going on. So it's like it's specifically set up to benefit members of the foundation, but it's open as a public entity so that everybody can learn about horses and learn yeah. about their therapeutic qualities to get the ball rolling and Absolutely. help you move forward as a foundation. Yes. yes. And because you're 501 C, it's um, able to be written off as a tax credit. That's correct. That's correct. And it's, it's just continuous. Um, you know, there'll, there'll be as many campgrounds, or at least the ones that I work with at Rocky, um, you know, there's there's a limited stay period. So we're going to go with a two-week maximum. Okay. Stay. And the reason for that is to allow more people and other members, public, to come in and experience this as well. Right. So, it becomes a broader, um, just a broader knowledge as to how important this resource is and to how many families this resource uh, would be available for. So that's the reason why we're doing that. So if more people are allowed or able to come in and experience not only the camp, but also the therapy of the horses, and we're hoping that it'll be a good um, benefit for all of us. Mm -hmm. So, and then of course, you know, we're hoping that they would in turn uh, mention it to their friends and family, and their friends and family, their friends and family. Right. So that will also allow us to be able to span and go to all, several other states, if not all other states, which is the goal to be in all of the United States and in different areas of each state. Uh, so families don't have to travel as far. Uh, mm -hmm. So have it closer to them. That is our goal. Uh, and of course, it all starts with that first one. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're after right now. We're after just that first place that we get set up under the ownership of the foundation. That'll start the funding that'll start the support, that'll start resources, and that'll also start a better understanding. It, all, it always starts with just that one, and that's right. really just that one, that one campground to start with, and after that, it's just gonna keep, continues to grow. Amazing, so amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us and sharing your dreams with us, and for, sharing your generosity in helping others who have been through similar experiences that you have. So if you enjoyed this, join us next time in our journey of exploring humanity one heart at a time. And you can also donate to the program so we can have uh, continue to have con conversations like this in the future. <laughs> a lot of bloopers in this show and that's fantastic because that's how life runs sometimes. <laughs> Life does run that way.
life does run that way. And this is, once again, this foundation is in memory of, of Lady Jane's Wayne Vogels on the 30th, 2011, April 9th, or on the 30th, 